0: So what inspires you? And you, each week we've started with an inspirational movie clip. Most of them have been about sports, I know. Amy wasn't happy about that, but I miss sports, I miss hockey. Amy, she said, well, why don't you show eight miles? And if you ever watched 8 Mile, it actually is somewhat inspiring. But I challenged Amy, can you find a clip in 8 Mile that is inspirational but can also be shown in church? That's why we watched a clip from Miracle. Because, yes, it's inspiring, but there was not a church-appropriate clip in 8 Mile. So what is it that inspires us? What breathes life into us, what challenges us. You know, we've been in this series called Inspired, a look at five of the most inspirational stories in all of the Bible. We looked at the courage of Esther, the passion of David, the conviction and discipline of Daniel, the resolve of Rahab to act upon her faith. Today, we finish this series with something that every single one of us, all of you online, all of you here, that every single one of us struggles with. The area of trust. See, trust lies at the very heart of any relationship, including the one you have with God. I've said this before Christianity is not about religion. Christianity is about a relationship, a relationship between you and Christ. So, how do you build a relationship? Relationships are built through trust, but that's also the problem because it's It's hard for us to trust, even God. See, we end this series with one of the most inspiring moments related to trust in the entire Bible. And it unfolded at the end of a remarkable day. You see, that day started off like any other. There are thousands of people gathering to hear Jesus. But it was in the middle of nowhere that Jesus had gone out to spend time alone in prayer. But thousands of people had been searching for him, to hear him, to be healed by him. And they eventually found him. So Jesus did what Jesus does. He preached to them. And they listened. Our after hour, and as the sun is starting to go down, those closest to him advised him that he probably should wrap this thing up and send them home. I mean, they needed to get something to eat, so they needed, he needed to send these people home to get something to eat. And Jesus says to his disciples, they don't have to go home to eat. And his disciples said, Jesus, yes they do. And Jesus said, no, they don't. And the disciples don't learn very well, so they say, yes, they do, Jesus. And he says, no, they don't. You feed them. And the disciples are like, us? We have like one lunch between us. That's not even enough to feed all of us. It's just a couple loaves of bread and a couple fish. How are we going to feed all these people? There are thousands of them. And Jesus says, Bring me the food, and I'll pray over it. So, I can imagine the disciples are thinking in their head, that better be one heck of a prayer. So they brought him the food, he prayed over it, and he starts to give it out, and they quickly realize that that was, in fact, one heck of a prayer. 5,000 people are fed from five loaves and two small Every time they reached into that basket, it was like nothing had been gone. It was a miracle. But then Jesus sends everyone home. He tells his disciples to get in the boat, to go across the lake, and he would catch up with them later. That he was going to hang back a little while and have that prayer time that he started out seeking. So the disciples did. They get in the boat. Is it when things are fine and there's no worries, there's no needs, no challenges? Or is it when you desperately need them to come through for you? To be there for you? Is it when things are calm or when there's a storm? When do you learn that someone is trustworthy in the good times or in the bad times. We know the answer. It's during the storms that we find out who we can trust. See, storms are a gut check of trust. When times are good, being a believer in God is easy. But when the skies turn dark, the wind starts to pick up, and the waves start to build, Suddenly, you're not so sure about God, much less the things that he has called you to do. See, we think that for God to be trustworthy, there shouldn't be a storm. Now, you may be thinking, well, I don't believe that. Yes, you do. See, the whole purpose for many of us, the whole purpose of God is the good life. To get more of what you have, more of what you want. We think that the sailing should always be smooth, the water should always be calm. Where do we get that? Because we won't find any of that storm-free life in the Bible. If anything, the Bible tells us to expect storms. So the real issue is whether God can be trusted with the storm. Let's look at what happens next. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. It's all right, he said. I'm here. Don't be afraid. Many of you have heard about Jesus walking on the water. You may not have realized that it's the same day as when he fed 5,000 people. You may not have realized what the real purpose of this story is. It's all about trust. The details of it are critical for us to understand. You notice when Jesus showed up? Let me read it to you again. It says, "Night fell. The disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them. So it gets dark at what time? Five o'clock in the winter, nine o'clock in the summer. Either way, the storm came when night fell. Five o'clock, nine o'clock, somewhere in between. Three o'clock in the morning seems a little late in the game if you're in that boat. Have you ever felt that God was just a little late in coming when you're facing a storm? Maybe you're thinking, God, I'm single. Where's that guy? Where's that girl? Maybe you've been saying, we've been trying to have kids for years. We've tried everything. We're not getting any younger. Maybe you're thinking, God, you know I lost my job. The bills are piling up. I've applied for everything I can think of, but where is the job? Fill in the blank with whatever your storm is, where you feel that God is running Late. The longer it is before you sense God coming, the more your relationship with Him takes a hit. Can we be honest about that? While you may know that trusting God means trusting Him in and with the storm, Still, you still seem to think that it's really the early part of the storm that He's supposed to show up. We want Him to come right when the waves start to get choppy. At the very beginning of that storm. None of this three o'clock in the morning stuff, God. Doubt starts to creep in. And we start to wonder about God and whether He really is who He says He is. Does He really care about me? Can you really believe Him? And you end up in spiritual freefall. What's the lesson here? Not only are we to trust God with the storm, but we have to trust him with his timing during the storm. Henry Nouwen once wrote about a group of trapeze artists. They told him that there needed to be a special relationship between the flyer and the catcher. See, as the flyer swings high above the crowd, the moment comes when he lets go of the trapeze and arcs out into the air. For that moment, which must feel like an eternity, the flyer is suspended in nothingness. He can't go back to the trapeze, and it's too soon for the catcher to reach him can't propel himself forward into the arms of the catcher. You see, the flyer at that moment must wait in absolute trust. Has to believe that the catcher will catch him, but he must wait. His job is not to flail about in anxiety. In fact, if he does, it could kill him. His job is to be still wait. And to wait is the hardest work of all. For us too, isn't it? You have a storm. God feels late, which means you're stuck waiting. And in that waiting, everything is about trust. If you trust in and through the waiting, then you exercise that trust, which is critical to understand in the nature of our relationship with God. It's built on trust. Trust in Christ as Savior. Trust in Christ as our forgiver. It's at the heart of that relationship. That if we never exercise that trust, it becomes non-existent. You have to build it. You have to exercise it because trust is like a muscle. If you never have to trust, then it never grows. It never develops. It never gains any strength. In fact, Paul in the book of Romans said it this way. It's in the message paraphrase. said, waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become. The bigger our faith, the bigger our relationship with God. Did you notice what happened next in the story of Jesus coming to them on the water. It said, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. It's all right, he said. I am here. Don't be afraid. They didn't recognize Jesus. It's not that he was disguised. They didn't think he could actually be doing what he was doing. They couldn't believe that he was walking on the water in the midst of the storm. And because of that, when he came, they thought that he was anything but who he was. They missed him. They missed His coming to them. They missed His presence. They missed His power. In hindsight, looking back at my own life, I can see that happening to me many times. Saying, God, show me. Talk to me. Let it be clear to me. And God was. I just couldn't see it because I wasn't open to how he might be doing it. Or that he could possibly be giving me that answer. Or doing it in that way. He was answering. I just wasn't looking. In fact, let's say that you can get past all of this up to this point. Let's say that your journey is far enough along so that you You know that you need to trust God in the midst of whatever is happening in your life. That you're able to wait on God during the storm. That you're able to see God when He comes and when He calls on you. You're able to trust Him completely. Let's say that's where you're at right now. What then? Because everything to this point has been prep prep work. He's in preparation for what is about to come. Let me read it to you. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you by walking on water. All right, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he looked around at the high waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. You don't have much faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, The wind stopped, and the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God. First, you have a boat, and you have a storm, and you have Jesus. The storm is overtaking the boat. The storm, the people in the boat are being overtaken, and Jesus is out on the water. There's a boat, there's the water, and there's Jesus. One man got out of the boat. Eleven stayed in the boat. Why did they stay in the boat? They were afraid. Maybe rightfully so, it was a bad storm. The reason is that they felt that the boat was a better option, a safer option, than going across the water to Jesus. The boat was their security blanket. Even though staying in that boat kept them from Jesus. Let me ask you the question this morning, what is your boat? You've got one. Every single one of us has one. Whatever it is that you're clinging to, whatever it is you're staying in, whatever it is that you are refusing to leave because you think it's safer than Jesus who's standing on top of the storm-tossed waves. If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. So what is your boat? What is it that you think is better, is safer than the water, safer than the storm, even when Jesus is standing out there? What gives you the most safety, the most security, the most protection in your life? Whatever that is, that's your boat. And you need to get out of it. Because until you're willing to leave it for Jesus, you will never, never experience the depth of trust that you need, that he deserves. Second thing to think about, where was Jesus? This isn't a trick question. He was on the water. He was out on the waves, in the middle of the storm, out where it's not safe, where you have to trust him to get to. He went where you have to trust him, trust that he would be there. See, there will come a time when you will see all of this God stuff, see the relationship waiting to be developed and be explored and made intimate where you will see the levels that you could go to in a relationship with Him, to see all that He has called you to do and to be. And then, with equal clarity, you'll also see what's between you in your boat and Jesus. There's a lot of water, a lot of wind, and a lot Of waves. Jesus will be saying, Trust me. Live the life I've called you to live. Do the things I've called you to do. Give the things I've asked you to give. It will be all right. Trust me. And at that moment, everything is on the line. You'll look at him, you'll look at the waves. And you will have to make a decision. It's not just about getting out of the boat. It's also about going to where Jesus is. Following him where he leads. Trusting him with the destination. It's not just about getting out of your boat of security, but entering the chaos of the storm. Trusting him with whatever the outcome may be. Because that's where he is. In the storm. Seeing you through it to the very end. No matter what that end might be. Do you trust Jesus with your storm? No matter how violent it becomes. No matter how much damage it can cause. Do you trust Jesus with wherever that storm may end, even if it's not the fairy tale that you've been writing in your mind? Do you trust Jesus even if the storm is the very last chapter of your life? Finding Jesus in the storm, holding on to Jesus in the storm, trusting Him with the storm is the deepest level of spirituality. There is. It's the deepest level of relationship you could ever have. And it's going to be forged in that storm. Let's keep going. There's a little bit more, and it's all about Peter. I have to tell you, I like Peter. He had guts. Sometimes he wasn't very smart, but he had guts. He is the only other person in history to walk on water besides Jesus. And I give him credit for getting out of the boat and walking, even if it's just a couple steps. Yes, he sank. And looking at what he did right and looking at what he did wrong, there's a lesson for us there. First, what did he do right? He fixed his eyes on Jesus. What's that mean? It it wasn't about his eyes, it was about his trust. He made it all about Jesus, not about the storm. It was all about Jesus. And when he did, he walked on water. Then what did he do wrong? He took his eyes off of Jesus and put them back on the storm. And when he did that, Jesus wasn't the only thing in his life anymore. There were other things taking priority over Jesus. The storm was the priority. See, I've been through that cycle more than a few times in my life. You know, things start off great full of adrenaline, full of passion and trust, but then you lose sight of Jesus and what it is you're doing, how it is you're living. And instead of seeing Jesus, you see the storms in the world all around us. That's the challenge that each of us face as followers of Christ. We can walk on the water, or we can sink under the waves. We can live a spiritual life or we can give in to the worldly one. We can focus on who Jesus is or focus on what's happening in the world. And what separates the two of those is trust. Did you notice how Jesus challenged them on this? He said, What have I done to make you doubt me? Even just today, you saw me feed thousands of people with just a few loaves of bread and fish. You've seen me heal the sick. You've seen me raise the dead. You know who I am. I just walked to you on the water in the midst of the storm. Why couldn't you walk out here and meet me? And then he said, he answered his own question because they were too ashamed to answer it. It's because you don't trust me. And then you can almost imagine a sigh of discouragement as Jesus climbs into the boat. And when he did, instantly the storm went away. And then it all hit home to the disciples, hard, clear, and direct, without any doubts that this was God in the boat with them. Why didn't they realize that when he was out on the waves? They realized that they could have walked out there to him without a care in the world. They could have trusted him, and they realized their mistake. I like how Greg Lavoie once wrote about it confessionally in terms of his own life. This is what he said. He said, you have sinful patterns of behavior that never get confronted and changed. Abilities and gifts that never get cultivated and deployed until weeks turn into months and months turn into years. And one day, you're looking back on a life of deep, intimate, gut-wrenchingly honest conversations that you never had, great, bold prayers that you never prayed, exhilarating risks that you never took, sacrificial gifts that you never offered, lives that you never touched and you're sitting in a recliner with a shriveled soul, forgotten dreams, and you realize that there's a world in desperate need and a great God calling you to be part of something bigger than yourself. And you see the person you could have been, but you never did. You never followed your calling. You never got out of the boat. I don't want a life like that, and I certainly hope you don't want that life either. But make no mistake, trust is the linchpin. Trust when the storms come. Trust with the timing, no matter how bad that storm may be. Trust that sees God when he comes in the midst of the storm. But first, you have to get out of your boat that you currently aren't getting out of. You have to see that Jesus is out there on the waves. Don't expect him to be anywhere else because he wants this to be a trust relationship. You must never, ever take your eyes off of him. No matter how hard the winds blow, no matter how high the waves are, no matter how loud the thunder rolls, keep your eyes on Jesus. Because if you want to walk on water, you have to get out of your Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this story that you gave us here that, that Jesus will come to us in the midst of the storm. Help us not to be like the disciples in the boat that didn't trust him. That after all they'd seen that day, they didn't think Jesus could actually be out there. Help us to be like Peter, to have the trust to get out of the boat, but then help us to take it a step further. Help us to ignore the storms in this world and to keep our eyes on Jesus. Help us to get out of the boat. In Jesus' name.